All right, we're live. G'day, it's Scotty from Zenium Live and uh, back this afternoon, 4pm. Uh, hopefully you can grab a cuppa and a cookie and join me as I chat today to Ron Foley. G'day, Ron, how you doing? I'm good yourself, Scotty. I'm well, yeah, thank you, right. I'm well. Look, uh, I need to do a bit of an introduction about you. I mean, you were, you're, a, you're an architect, you're not were, you still are an architect. I guess you have those skills. Uh, but you've been in property development for quite a number of years, yes. and uh, and you've also done all sorts of stuff in um, in retirement, aged care, crisis care, yep. all that sort of thing. So, mate, give us for those of us who don't know you, tell us a bit of your background, and so we right. we have a clue of who we're talking to. Okay, great. Thanks, Scott. Um, yeah, look, I'm originally from South Africa, born and bred, four generations, um, origins from China. But uh, immigrated here in 83, um, yeah, and started my own practice in 86. Um, but yeah, got into property development at a very early stage of my career. And um, the latter part of the years, around about the, cent- the turn of the century, uh, I did a number of uh, works in all over internationally, in fact, in Asia, Africa, and Australia, three continents. But uh, my background in property development itself, I've covered a wide range, uh, obviously from residential into commercial, and um, of late, um, I've looked at infrastructure as well. But right. coming to the twilight of my um, career, I've decided to document everything in the form of courses. Um, the reason, or the motivating reason behind it was that um, you know, there's so many, there's so much to learn in this game, right? And uh, where I am trying to drive with the courses that I'm doing now is to uh, teach people that um, as a property developer, um, you don't need to be have formal education. You can go right into it. You know, unlike an architect, you spend at least six years to get there. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, but by my courses run on the base to try and teach the right thing, uh, and that is to be socially responsible. And uh, because you make decisions, and because you you're the person that's driving a development, so make sure that it's right for the next generation. Yeah, yeah so no, that's, that's, that's and I know that you're nutshell. passionate about that stuff, right? Because yeah. uh, so just to clarify, in a nutshell, I mean, I'm hearing. You're from South Africa. There's Asian descent. You live in yes. Western Australia, which is, I mean, is is that even part of Australia? I don't know. Is that still part of Australia? Oh, of course. And of course, um, yeah. <laughs> and just a stir. And uh, yeah. and I know. I mean, you haven't touched on here, but I know that you're very passionate about. You have dealt with over the years with the Indigenous people in WA. Yes. And so yeah. that that's a big driver for some of the things that you've done in development. You know, what are some of your wins in that side of things? Yeah, look, the, on, on that side, it's been um, more education at this stage. Uh, it hasn't been easy because um, there's not a Indigenous real estate development company uh, through its history. So it's been a process. Uh, we are looking at a few projects. Uh, one of the major ones in Geraldton. Um, yeah, and hopefully that will come to fruition very soon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's good. And 
So I, you also said you you mentioned the turn of the century. I'm assuming you mean the year 2000, not the year 1900, Correct. right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, just wanted to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just you know you. Yeah, I can't tell, mate. Right you're holding, <laughs> you're holding your age well. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like there's a lot of experience you've got. So the um, uh, I guess the question is, you've got all those experience. You've done that. Uh, you've had a. You've still got a development company. Um, yes. At what point? Did you go right? I want to take what's in here and put it on paper and write courses. Well, it started late. I would say about a year and a half ago. Um, you know, it got to a period where I was fairly busy. I started my writing my first book in two thousand and four. That was the Intelligent Guide to Australian Poverty Development. Um, I had a, quite a big following, and I had many people contacting me to see if I could provide them with mentorship. But uh, having a busy practice and running my own developments, um, it obviously was an issue. So as I said, about a year and a half ago, I decided, well, I'm heading towards sort of semi-retirement. Why don't I document this? Why don't I put it in, in a format as courses and try to teach people out there uh, the right way about doing developments? And it's not just purely about making money. Of course, you've got to make money because of the risk. But my teaching is that do it for other means as well. You know, think of community. Um, yeah, so the decision was to put it on. Um, and we ran it towards the latter half of last year in terms of workshops. Uh, but um, of late, and, and fortunately, um, well, with social distancing now, we've got it online. Yeah. yeah. And your course isn't just one course, is it? It's broken into, uh, is it sections or modules? Like, how would you sure. describe that? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I've, I've designed the courses almost like a university degree. So you've got course one, which is the fundamentals, which is the principles and processes. And then you have the second course, which is uh, purely on residential development. And it covers not only the fundamentals, but it covers from low density, high density. It goes into residential aged care, retirement. Um, yeah, so you can see the courses up there. Uh, the third one is commercial, and there's not much um, content out there in terms of commercial property development. And that covers the uh, a number of asset classes. It ranges from shopping centers, industrial buildings, uh, office blocks, uh, hotels. Right. So yeah, it's um, it, it's everything related to commercial. Um, then once you complete the first three courses, it's like getting your degree, and then you move in your postgraduate degree, which is uh, property development strategy, and that's you know understanding how syndicates work, joint ventures. Uh, and a number of other tools that are available to property developers. And then the fifth course, it's like graduating um, and running your own business. And that is uh, development management. Uh, right. It teaches you how to operate a development management business like I have for the last, I would say, 10 years, uh, managing, uh, a, besides the architectural practice, also running a development management company. So we provide right. services to, to investors, to syndicates. Um, so it's running a little business. And I think it's a great advantage to people 
who are already seasoned in the game, who want an extra income, to actually take this course. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, that's. I think that's a, a really good point. We've got um, we've got a question here from Steve. Um, and if you ever come on, our, come on our show, you'll know you'll probably get a question from Steve. So big shout out to Steve. Um, have you found the courses more popular online versus they were in person? So is your online being, uh, being more growth? Um, well, to tell you the truth, it only got launched uh, about three weeks ago. So officially right, okay. launched online. So it's still early days, but we the workshop is very popular. Um, and we limited the workshops uh, in that regard, but uh, you know, with, by having it online, we're not actually discarding the mentorship side. How it actually works is if you download a course, you've got access to a forum, and that's only to, to people that have downloaded the course. And any questions asked or you like to debate or discuss anything, bring it up in the forum, and at least there's communication there. Yeah, okay. Now that's good. That's good. Okay, so um, was any one of these courses, you know, more difficult to to, to get out of your head than, than the other? Like, was residential really easy or was commercial hard? I mean, I think you alluded to the fact there wasn't much information around for commercial, which is why you want yeah. to do it. You know, sure. where's the most need that you've seen? Well, I think it's, it's um, there's a lot of information out there in residential development. Um, I think what I'm applying in this particular case, um, real case studies, you know, where I've been involved. A lot of stuff I've written is actually having been involved, not purely on my own developments, but I've dealt with clients in those specific areas. Like, for example, aged care. You know, I, I am a partner in one project, but similarly, I've dealt with a number of clients who had their own projects. And then jumping into commercial, yes, there was not enough. So I have been involved in hotels, uh, in a medical center, uh, and retail has been quite a big part of my life. You know, I've done my own retail shopping centers. Right. So these are all practical experiences. So the courses are not designed as, which I see a lot of in the marketplace, it's purely about numbers. They, they tell you, how to get there. I mean, anybody can produce a wonderful spreadsheet. It's like a business plan. Your business plan is always the best business plan, the first one. But when you actually apply it, it's a different. So the courses run on the basis, as I said, from a practical point of view, because it goes to the areas of doing proper research, right? Finding the right location. And what are the fundamentals that drive? For example, if you're doing a retail shopping center, you need to know what are the key drivers, where to be located. But it also goes into the psychology of shopping, for example. How do you plan it? How do you actually advise your architect? How do shoppers, you know, shop? Uh, what are you going to, because not all architects have been trained in terms of understanding those drivers. We are trained to design wonderful buildings, but yeah. there are some uh, psychological elements that actually makes a good shopping center so as i said i bring it into a lot more practical experience yeah. yeah no that's that's good so um i want to ask a question that steve's asked again shortly about sure. starting a first project but before we get to that i'd like to know 
you know, some of your big wins and big failures? Because we, we always yeah. want to know the success and of failures course. of someone who's gone yeah. before. And if we're starting out, you know, give us yeah. some of your, uh, you know, your stories. Okay, now that's that's a good one. Yeah, look, they, they're always success and failures. And I think if I recall the first book that I wrote, 2004, I, I was at a peak of my uh, property development uh, career. Uh, I was doing housing, uh, probably about three, four projects at one go. You know, these are 70, 80 units. And I took on a shopping center, right? And what actually happened there was that I suppose when you, you know, the young fellow, you enthusiastic, you want to grab everything and do everything. But a lesson learned is that um, don't take on too much. Don't spread yourself thin, right? Um, you know, there's money to be made, and I suppose um, when you're younger, that's what actually drives you. But that actually um, was a bit of a failure when I say that, because by stretching yourself too thin, the other parts of my property development failed. Not failed financially, but it didn't do as well. You know, the returns weren't there. So I would say that, um, yeah, just be cautious. Um, because if you're stretching yourself too far, you're actually stretching yourself financially, right? Mm. And the worst part about that stretching myself financially was that at that time, the, the Asian crisis happened, right? Which where interest rates jumped up to around about the 20% mark. So that means a fire sale, right? And a loss mm. of wealth. So yeah, just tread very slowly and uh, take one step at a time. Yeah, and that's, that's what's that's actually good. a motivating reason for writing the book because I didn't have a mentor. My only right. mentor was my uncle who was a successful businessman, but nobody in the property development game. Yeah, yeah okay. That's a good point. So that was a, a big eye-opener for you. So what was a big win? Oh, look, um, I suppose the growing in the whole process uh, in the early stages, you know, the just understanding the fundamentals of how things work and doing the right thing. My All my residential development sold very well. And it was giving an extra bit. It was not just cutting corners. It was just putting a bit more effort and thought. Mm -hmm. And I find that's a key success to any, any top development. Just give that a bit of extra attention to detail, right? Um, yeah. And I suppose if I look from, from a financial point of view, yes, that residential was a good one. It's because um, of the rollover of cash flow and, and accumulation of your financial position. I think in the latter stage of my career, I'm getting a great satisfaction from teaching, um, experiences I've, I've dealt with. Um, yeah, and helping other, you know, like the indigenous communities, help them to grow within their communities as well. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's good, that's good. Um, so, all right, well, we're going to, okay, we've got, I've got questions coming everywhere here. What's going on? All right. So let's see if we can, I'll put them in some sort of order cause they're not. So before we go on to the actual doing of a project for the, you know, for someone to do, we've got yeah. Steve's asking, do we think we're entering another Chinese crisis uh, that you were and talking about before? Yes. Yes. In fact, um, um, I have put out a blog out there. You can find it on YouTube. It was uh, COVID-19 and the impact on uh, real estate. And um, 
I point out three strategies, what people should be doing. But I'm going to be putting up another blog very soon, and that is um, post-lockdown. You know, what's going to happen to industry? Um, and I think, of course, it's going to be pretty tough out there. Those who have are financially stretched, um, it's going to be a difficult period. But um, I think in terms of moving forward, there are going to be some fundamental changes. Uh, for example, um, supply chains will change. You know, the unreliability of supply chains coming now from China. We don't know whether it's going to continue. Which, which we obviously would be a benefit, beneficial to um, to Australia, because sure. hopefully we can get our most local building manufacturing up and running again. Right. Yeah. Um, I know developers drive that they want everything really cheap, but they also got to think now. You know, for, as a as a social side of things, they've got to help Australian products. Right. Um, I see trends happening. Uh, I think for the last twenty five years or thirty years, we've been hearing about urbanisation. There's potentially de-urbanisation that will start happening. People will be spreading out further because of social distancing. Um, areas of growth uh, will be in the healthcare sector. And I think the critical one is going to be housing affordability. Uh, mm. I'm not speaking about affordable housing, but housing affordability, of course. which means rental. You know, how can we actually reduce costs and make it affordable for people out there? Yeah, that's a good point. Look, uh, there's a uh, we're talking a little bit internally in our office at the moment about uh, and uh, with a couple of our partners of putting together a small show on a panel on, you know, the future of what does property look like. And those are some insights that uh, we, we might, you might be getting another phone call shortly on that one, Ron. We might get you to join us. All right, so we've got some Not other questions problem. here from Steve. So realistically, how much money does a client need to get started on a project if they are flying solo? Right. As a, as a, a developer, right? Yeah, correct. Well, there, there, there are many ways you can do it um, starting up. Right, and I think the first step is to have knowledge. It's no use going out there and saying, "Well, oh, look, I see this good site, and I think it's got potential." But you know, people are not going to. Um, it's, if you're looking from from getting bank funding, it's going to be tough. You not don't have enough cash of your own, so obviously you're going to look for a partner, a financial partner, all right? But if you find a financial partner, you've got to have the skill set, right? And that's only for education. So if you've got minimal cash, get yourself educated first, uh, and then know all the fundamentals, understand the full process, right? And once you got under that, uh, you would know where to find the right site. Obviously, start off small, get a partner who's got financial backing, and then move on from there. Hmm. But yeah, they won't invest with you unless you know enough. Yeah. It's a confidence level. And uh, that's that's a good point. All right, so uh, you touched on before we, which we had that conversation about the, the changing dynamics of property. Are we? Do you think we're going to see more demand outside of CBDs for some of these new property developments? And and is that is that what you're picturing when you're talking about people spreading out further? Yeah. Look, I think it's um, and it depends. You know, obviously we find um, an antivirus or some cure. Uh, social distances will always be there. And people are, are worried about their health. So the question is that 
Um, it's an interesting part about it because I think there's big changes with uh, online. For example, can you most place most people live to close to a place of work, right? But if you if you're working online, so it may be positions whereby you can move to other areas um, and people moving to those areas where the you know better communities, for example, can be created through that as well. Yeah, that's, so look, that's it's, it's early days, you know, we, we don't know the full extent um, of, of what's going to happen with, with uh, COVID-19. Uh, but here yeah, you sort of get these thoughts in your mind, right? If, if things like social distancing are coming into play. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. And that's, that's right. I agree too. Um, okay, so Ron, how does someone uh, can you've got your five courses can they just yeah. obviously not pick the end one but if they just want to do the first one or the first yeah. couple they can do that or how does that yeah. work okay i think you would make a decision whether you want to go into residential or commercial right and depending um what level you're at right so i mean i'm i'm quite happy um for anybody to contact me and i will run through the courses with them and suggest what they should be doing because it's very difficult. I've had now about a number of people calling me or making contact with me and saying, look, I'm interested, but which course should I take? Uh, because mm. it's, it's the five courses. So I will run through with them and assess what level of knowledge they do have. Uh, for example, I had a, um, a gentleman from South Australia and he's already been in property again for 19 years, right? And he was desperately trying to get to the next level. So after much discussion over the phone and see where he's at, um, I recommended that he should do um, residential and then uh, development management. But development management has not been completed. It will be in uh, the next, towards the end of the month. But um, I would say that um, that's a course that he's going to be taking, yeah, hmm. because that he wants to run his own business because he's running syndicates, he's running uh, some joint ventures. Uh, his business is a buyer's agent, so he wanted right. to go to the next level, uh, whereby he could work together with his clients. Mate, you can't trust those buyers agents. <laughs> They're trouble. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey. Um, so. So, Ron, I'd like to talk a bit more about uh, your experience with aged care and retirement, uh, yep. retirement living. What I'm looking at, thinking about, well, what I ask you is, that's a big space, and it's probably a space that is being tapped into by a, a fair range of developers, but a lot of them are being sure. big players. Where do you see this side of the industry going? Because as we have an aging population, obviously that's part of the thought process that you were involved in with, with the aged care and retirement living yes. space. Um, yep. Fill us in a bit of where that that market's okay. going. How much is it going to grow? You know, where's where's the niches for private individuals to get involved? Sure. Okay. As you rightly say, Scott, uh, the big players are involved, and if we there's two parts of uh, seniors accommodation as I define it, right? There's independent retirement living, where you're still healthy um, and you're retired. So you want a lifestyle, right? Then you have aged care, residential aged care. That is for people who have disabilities or 
in a position where they cannot take care for themselves. So that's where you go to what the old name was, a nursing home, right? Right. So um, government, uh, there are a number of incentives uh, in developing those in terms uh, of, of the way it's structured. Uh, for example, in the independent retirement living, you have uh, a lease for life where the underlying asset is never sold to the retiree. So from a developer's point of view, it's very lucrative. Uh, residential aged care, um, you are allowed to, say you do 100 bed aged care, you're allowed to take the bonds of the, um, of the actual residents coming in, right? And that could be anything like 500,000, right? right. Yeah, that's like 50 million. And that, yeah. in terms of legislation, you can pay off debt, etc. But there's so much legislation to go through. Right? I don't think it's, um, that's why you've got to have deep enough pockets to do these developments. Right? But I think from a small developer, it, it is a definitely market out there. Um, I see one of the biggest issues, in fact, um, currently, and um, this is happening quite a bit, uh, and I've written a paper that I would like to publish very soon. It's called about um, co-living for vulnerable seniors. Uh, what's happened out there, Scott, is that, uh, as you can well understand, um, people in the baby boomer period, um, husband worked, wife stayed at home, looked after the kids, um, husband's passed away, uh, the super, superannuation fund has run out, because that started much later, it wasn't compulsory until the late yeah. 90s. So what happens is that there are a number of homeless people uh, in the senior bracket. So the affordable living space, I can see there's a growth in that sector. Right? Okay. So if you want to look at small development, um, which I think I've mentioned in the past, is, is an area that you should be looking at. And this doesn't have to be a big development. But what it does, you know, it, it actually can create um a good sort of income level um yes. the, for example uh those are vulnerable they do get um subsidies rental subsidies from the government as well as they've got a pension which they can contribute to but right. by sharing spaces it, it has another social impact because one of the biggest killers for people in retirement is loneliness mm. so by creating a co-sharing environment um it is obviously uh, great for them. However, the big yeah. question now is the social distancing. How do we deal with that? Yeah. When we well, I guess technically they're under the yeah. one roof, even if they're yeah. shared shared living, right? So, right. I mean, my, my thoughts on that when you're talking about it before was the larger apartment style blocks sure. would be, yeah. you know, perhaps less appealing and the yeah. more the, you know, the townhousey villa style with co-living yeah. would be more appealing, which, as you said, opens its the opportunity up for the smaller developer rather than just these big massive complexes exactly exactly yeah yeah and i think there's there's definitely that opportunity and when you speak about outlying areas right as long as you've got access to like shopping right uh, and day-to-day -day activities um look i think there's there is a growth market for that sector hmm yeah that's that's good um now, I'm not sure if Steve missed the, uh, the clarification of which turn of the century we were talking about, but he's, <laughs> he's asking if you're looking to hand the baton over to the next generation. I'll, I'll tap onto the end of that, uh, yeah. that question and say, you know, you seem like an, an uber busy guy with, 
with yeah. uh, the architectural firm developments courses well, you know what's on your horizon what are you what well, are you up to next right okay um well what's happened scott is that i've actually stopped the practice uh, we in wa it's been very quiet how i'm working is that i'm working more independently for example yeah. i'm uh, um I mean, sure, I've got a few commissions whereby I only do the conceptual work. What I find that it's easier for me, for example, if a client wants to do a development, I can, instead of providing a brief to the architect, I will actually design a, um, uh, do the conceptual work, and then pass the baton to another architect to complete yeah. the works. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm doing at the moment. and. Um, yeah, look, um, I'm focusing mainly on the education side of things. And yes. um, yeah, and as you know, Scott, I'm still busy with, uh, with an app, which we'll talk about some other time. And that's, yeah, for no, that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah that, and that's we yeah. will definitely be talking about that. So sure. um, to, to finish off for here, just to clarify on the courses, you said you were running workshop days. Was that in just in WA or when we can yeah, travel again? Will you be coming to oh, the look, East Coast? The, the intent. At the beginning of this year, in fact, I was going to move to Sydney so I could travel around Eastern States because of the broader audience. Um, but because of COVID-19, <laughs> that stopped in my tracks. Uh, but having said that, I think it's still workable uh, having it online because we're all time poor. And if you can learn your own time, but you've got access to, to mentors through, through, through obviously the forums, uh, or directly, if necessary, to any of us, because uh, I've got a team besides myself uh, to provide you with the answers. Um, yeah, yeah, so, and I think that could spread a lot more as opposed to doing specific workshops, you know, in specific sure. locations. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, Steve's jumped in again, said, hurry up and head east as we're ready <laughs> to receive the baton, mate. So, looks like oh, we've got a fan welcome. here. Uh, Looks out, you're uh, going to get stalked all over online help, help now help by Steve. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> when you are over here, we'll have to have a meet up with uh, you, me, and Steve, and we'll we'll uh, we'll chew the fat and see no, which baton he wants to grab onto. So no, look, more, uh, more Ron. Than all right, look, I appreciate your time on here today. Thank you very much. And look, we will put it together probably in the next four weeks a panel on like the future of property for you know post COVID. Oh, and um, and I'd like to get your take on that as one of the panelists. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we, you can't say no because this is live. So you've just you know that's it. That's, oh, that's why I no waited choice. to ask you no now. Yeah. No, no choice, mate. You've got to do it. <laughs> and um, mate, thank you for that. If you want to know any more about what Ron does, uh, you can hit us up on the the ticker that's been scrolling the whole time we've been chatting. Which is uh, and for those listening on to the Real Property Real Wealth podcast, that's www.zenium.property, or you can email us at. Uh, hello, that's hello at yep. zenium.property. That's x e n i u m dot property. No dot coms, no dot au's. Or you can hit us up on the phone one three hundred double six double seven eight nine. We'll point you in the right direction of how to get in contact with Ron and his course and other bits and pieces. Or if you've got any feedback from the show today or any other shows or topics that you want to hear, uh, hit us up on those contact details. Ron, thank you once again for joining us. I really appreciate it and uh, mate, great insight. Very very good. good. Scott, thanks very much, and thanks to the listeners up there. We'll chat no, next no time. worries. Look, we will, and uh, you go back to WA and have your lunch or whatever time it is now, and we'll log off here, and we'll, we'll go home for dinner. Good on you. Okay, Scott. All right. Thanks very thanks, much. Thanks, Ron. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.